Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. Today, we're going to be talking about a very important topic, and I've got three guests that I'd like to introduce. I've got Beth Morgan, who is the founder and CEO of Boom, the global community for women in supply chain. Alison Bales, who is supply chain and strategy development senior manager, laundry and home care at Henkel. Dr. Dirk Holbach, who is chief supply chain officer, laundry and home care and corporate SVP at Henkel, whom you've seen here before. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, Maria. How are you doing? Great to be here. Yeah, great. Well, I am so glad I've got a great crowd and uh, of you guys here all talking about a very important topic. Uh, but before we get started, what, I mean, I know I did a little brief introduction, but why don't you do a, a, a tiny bit about um, why you're here and uh, why we're going to be talking about diversity is an important subject for you. So should, should we start with Beth? Sure. Thanks, Maria. And uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that, you know, what we're doing here is having a conversation. And that is actually broadly what we want to do is have a conversation uh, with the supply chain uh, profession at large about this topic of diversity. And specifically, I guess, from my perspective, from what we're doing at Boom, it's about gender diversity, but clearly it's it's bigger than that. Um, but certainly the biggest area um, that is top of mind for many organizations, supply chain leaders and individual employees themselves is the issue of uh, yeah gender balance and equity within the supply chain profession so lots to say about that so I'll stop there but yeah it's all about the conversation I'm, I'm delighted to be here to be part of that with you today. Great Alison what about you? Yeah so I've been working now uh, with Henkel since 2010 and I've always worked in purchasing and supply chain and being a woman in both those uh, departments, you always see a little bit of a gender gap. And for me, it's always been interesting to bring in more women and more diversity in general into the workplace, because you just see how it changes and how much better the work gets by having diversity there. So for me, this is definitely an interesting topic, just because as I see it evolve and I see the diversity come into supply chain, it just makes work better. Dirk? Yeah, not really much to add. So I think um, what Alison said at the end is for me also very much um, the motivation behind uh, you, you create better results. Uh, you have also more fun um, working together because at the end of the day, let's say a more diverse setup of a team and not necessarily only focusing on gender, but really, as you said, going broader and best said going broader um, just enables more creative solutions, better solutions, different solutions. Uh, thinking uh, way forward. So here, I think, especially during the during the crisis over the last months, we have seen that that is a great advantage. So, and and besides that, personally, um, let's say our my family here at home is also quite diverse. So we are coming from different continents um, all over the world, and uh, so that is a is a daily a daily experience I'm enjoying. Beth, why don't you tell us a little bit about Boom? I mean, I'm really excited to find out a little bit about what motivated you to start it uh, and how's it going. Sure. Well, Boom uh, is a community uh, today, an online community. And, you know, thank goodness with the COVID environment that that was the, the right thing to do uh, to bring together a community of women who work in supply chain from around the world. So we set up as a community actually not that long ago. It was September 2019. Uh, and we now have uh, many hundred members in, I think it's 41 different countries around the world today. Um, and what really prompted that was from a, a few things sort of coming together. One was as my background as an industry analyst in supply chain, having worked with companies 
um, and particularly through the uh, community model of sharing of experience of best practice around all sorts of uh, supply chain issues. Uh, my particular focus uh, in recent years has been on uh, supply chain talent, uh, so how we create, manage, develop teams uh, within supply chain, and of course having uh, diversity as a, you know a, an aspect within that. Uh, and that took me on a journey, which was really, I guess, coming from a coaching mindset to bring women together to share their experiences uh, as they navigate challenges and opportunities, um, you know, in their careers, in their personal lives. Uh, to uh, to build networks that they might need today in their jobs and as future leaders might need to build networks uh, outside their immediate ecosystems, their immediate organizations to come together to learn and share experience. Uh, and what we learned interestingly from doing that was very much coming from supporting the individual women in the community was that there was also a desire to look at this from a company an organizational perspective and to share experience, not just as how we as individual women can navigate our careers but also what can companies do so we also bring together um, conversations around how companies um, are tackling this issue and um, you know share again sharing stories sharing best practices sharing the you know what worked what didn't um, to have that conversation and really move things forward that's the really the aim of what we want to do so that's in a nutshell what we're doing and uh, it sounds yeah, exciting it's, yeah. it is very exciting it's been wonderful and great to have uh, yeah Henkel as part of that journey we'll find out more about that later yeah, well that, that was that which leads me straight into my next question you know so Allison and and Dirk how are you guys using boom you know what what are you doing uh with that and, and how's it going at Henkel with your journey on uh gender diversity yeah, so if we speak specifically about Boom, um, so we joined at the very beginning or close to the beginning, let's say together with Beth on this journey, and we implemented that we would have a, a limited amount of memberships to start with the within the laundry supply chain. And, and from this, so we started with the, the Boom community and this really inspired us internally to, to create something for the whole community uh, within Hinkle. So, we, we kind of took what happened with Boom and we said, this is such a great platform connecting women together. This is so important. We need to do something more internally. So this has really drove us into the area that we have the connection with Boom. We have some high potential females that are utilizing it, getting the knowledge from there. And then we're also translating that and using that internally as well, just to bring this community together of females within the supply chain. Uh, and it's really created this powerful movement. We actually just had our first uh, bigger event this week, or we had actually Dirk coming to speak and, uh, and Ivanka Janssen's from, uh, from Philips. And it was really inspiring to see how many people joined. So within this community, we have, let's say around hundred people now, but we opened up this event to, to the whole laundry supply chain and we had more than 300 people join. So it just shows that this is such an important topic to discuss and people want to discuss it. So I think this for us, and I, I always have to say, I have to thank Beth and also Dirk for connecting me to Beth because I think this boom uh, network really drove in me also this initiative that we need to take it further. So seeing Beth that what she's done on her own, what she's created and then how she's drove it within the, the environment, what can we also do internally? So for me, this was a big inspiration to take what we've learned from boom and to also bring that into the work environment and hit goal. So let's let's talk about the the, the wider conversation of gender uh, diversity in supply chain. I've always said that I think uh, supply chain's got a bit of an image issue. 
um, a bit of a sort of problem with regards to, and not just gender, attracting gender uh, diversity, but all sorts of diversity. You know, I, I, I mean, I know I'm going way back here, but I'm thinking when I was at school, my counselor didn't say, oh, Maria, you really should go into supply chain. It's not one of those things that, you know, pe they push you into uh, because maybe it's not seen as something to attract type uh, diversity. Um, what do you think companies can do today to drive that kind of new talent in from diverse backgrounds? Um, I, I'm going to ask Alison this because uh, I think, uh, you know, you're the younger generation. So what brought you to supply chain or procurement or this industry? And what do you think companies can do to get more people? Yeah, I think my story is a bit uh, unique. I actually got my degree in engineering and I somehow fell into purchasing, which I'm very happy that I did in the end. Um, so I was already kind of in this, this technical field um, just because for me, math and science was always really interesting. But if we talk about now, how do we attract more females? We do a lot when it comes to what we call employer branding. So going mm -hmm. to the universities and having these discussions. And we also think it's important to show the women that we have in supply chain because we do have a good set of women in supply chain and we want them to be uh, seen. So we, we have a big effort behind with going to universities, having discussions, showing what we're doing in supply chain because you're right, um, not a lot of people think to go into supply chain. I was the same. But once you get into the field, you realize how much you can do, how much potential there is. Mm -hmm. So we wanna already bring that to the university to say, look at the potential of supply chain. So we've been doing that. And I think the thing that we're looking at now is how can we go even earlier? Um, not just targeting people in university, but what about going into high schools and even earlier to show this is supply chain, this is what it means to be in a technical role as women, as men, as uh, diverse people, how, what, what does it mean in supply chain? So we're targeting now universities, but what can we do further? So really looking at even catching them younger. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where we're targeting right now. And Dirk, strategically, the importance of diversity in an organization, you know, how have you seen it evolve in your time and in leadership in supply chain and why is it important? Um, yeah, I think that is, the, let's say the basic underlying question. As, as I mentioned before, I'm a great believer uh, in, the, in the concept. And by the way, probably before I knew that that was the concept, because um, let's say um, the, the and, and let's say also, also the recent experience during, during COVID um, has really underlined that uh, diversity in teams um, leads to superior results, um, as mentioned before. Um, why? Well, let's say, especially in situations where um, you have to face challenges which are non-predictable. Um, uh, people may associate with the term organizational resilience. Um, then, of course, um, if you have a team which is able to think uh, in many different lateral ways uh, to, let's say, to create, um, create the right answers uh, for the challenges, simply mathematically, your likelihood of success is much higher. Um, besides that, of course, it, uh, it generates more uh, satisfaction um, in, working, in working together. So here, strategically, and again, there's, there's in the meantime enough empirical material out there, um, let's say an, a good level of diversity, I wouldn't say an optimal, because it's probably not so easy to determine, but a good level of diversity um, in terms of gender, but also age, uh, background. As Alison just said, she has an engineering background, works in a more commercial function now back uh, to a bit more, let's say, a technical environment that is extremely helpful and um, yeah, will deliver you always, always better 
better solutions and and better performance and better results. So I think that is the and, and, the, and under, the underlying the underlying assumption. Um, how has it evolved? Now, yeah, I think maybe I just also add a bit on what uh, on your prior question. Um, uh, of course, how to attract uh, the right uh, female talent? Um, absolutely, Alison said it. Our 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 approach is we go out and we we talk and get into good. Now the last month's more difficult, but usually a, a direct contact um, um, uh, with people, with potentially interested students, male, female, whatsoever. And then our experience again is that we can engage them. Um, uh, for, for, for our topics. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to especially attracting more female talent to the supply chain, um, what we are doing here uh, is one important point, what uh, the team of um, Alison uh, is doing with our network. Uh, Beth is contributing. So I think here also, it's, for me, it's very important to give um, visibility to uh, uh, the big number of female uh, leaders we have in that profession already in order to yeah, create a further and additional pull. So I think here we have a great opportunity. Many companies are doing this um, uh, and even much better than we are doing it. So we are, we are learning also here every day, but I think that is an important, uh, an important um, element um, also in that, in that journey. So talk about it, uh, engage with people. Um, and again, over the last months, um, probably supply chain was one of the most, the most cited terms also in the in press and media. And I think also that gives us um, a great push uh, and also underlines how interesting and how complex um, this field is um, uh, going into the future. Beth, I know you've done a lot of research and uh, a lot of polls and, and uh, investigation with your members. What's the data showing? What's, um, you know, what's your view on what's happening now and how people are feeling about this topic? Yeah, in fact, we just wrapped up a survey, not just of the boom membership, but of the broader profession about uh, the, the topic of career progression at large, because yeah. that's one of the issues that I think we've touched on here is not only do you, how do you attract um, a diverse um, base into the profession, but then how do you keep them there? Uh, so how do you create environments where, uh, you know, people can move forward, develop, feel satisfied in what they're doing and want to stay in the profession again, as, as men or women, you know, um, uh, equally important. So yeah, we just wrapped up a survey on that. And um, it was interesting to do that again at the current time as well to see yeah. whether that had an impact on what, how people feel about their career progression prospects. And, you know, I think the clear message actually is that, yes, clearly the COVID situation at the moment is impacting on our working lives. And I know we, we should talk about that, certainly. But overall, uh, in terms of aspirations and plans for the profession, this is a very aspirational profession. It's a very dynamic one, as Dirk's uh, hinted at, you know, in terms of uh, the complexity problems that we're solving digital technologies coming into this as well at play, sort of making this a really exciting industry to be. And actually, regardless of you know, gender, the, that aspirational aspect is, is firmly embedded. And we've seen from our data that, um, as, as we know, particularly in the younger generations, um, that people are keen to move on in their careers. Our data tells us that there are firm plans from around 50% of employees to their desire to be promoted uh, within the next one to two years. Uh, some of them, a much smaller group, actually looking at lateral moves, but you know, most wanting to stay with their companies, but others actually looking potentially to move you know, into a more senior role outside their companies and to another mm -hmm. employer uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and that's another, I think, another aspect on this is that creating working environments from all perspectives, you know, making yourself a, a, an employer where you want to uh, 
you know where people want to stay um yeah. is is really really important uh, but overall aspirational um definitely this whole aspect of problem solving of taking on new technologies of evolving as a profession um yeah it's it's definitely uh, a good place to be at the moment actually particularly this year although there have been challenges that's really how you know the conversations i'm having about the opportunity to step up and solve mm -hmm. these you know critically fundamental important issues uh, that are keeping the world going not to well, overstate it but we are no, right <laughs> I, I completely agree i mean let's talk about covid now one could argue and i have heard it argued both ways one is that having more diverse teams will help build resilience and will help uh, you know create the kind of thinking that could overcome issues but at the same time i've heard who has time to talk about this issue right now when we're busy dealing with covid um, what have you found, all of you, you know, uh, about this? Uh, if I can leap in. Yeah, go um, for it. I, I would say, actually, it's probably um, shone a light on it even more. Uh, because it's it's touched more on our personal lives more than ever before. So if we look at, um, you know, for some people, uh, the change of working practice, having to work at home has been, you know, for many, an absolute godsend. For others, not so much. Um, it's, uh, you know, on the one side, it's helped people reduce commuting time, reduce, tra reduce travel. They've been able to spend more time at home with family. On the flip side of that, there's, you know, another group that say, well, actually, this means now that I'm always on, I'm feeling pressure, I'm on meetings from dawn till dusk, hopping from, you know, Zoom call to Zoom call. Um, and children. You know, and children, children, and exactly that. And if you look at actually the, the latest McKinsey Women in the Workplace study that came out, and this is certainly the sort of through a lens of corporate America, they're painting a very dire picture actually of potentially women having to leave the profession or sort of put their careers on hold because they're having to, you know, deal with these multiple um, sort of juggling tasks of family and work and, and all those things at the same time. So I think from an individual perspective, it actually has shone a light on it. And companies are acutely aware of, you know, what can we learn from this and take forward into a post-COVID era? So it's just added to, clearly there have been a lot of other pressures uh, that have had to be dealt with this year, but I think it's it's certainly not put it too much down the agenda. It's, it's you know, it's kept a light on it. Alison, what do you think? No, I agree with Beth. I think it's it's always interesting now to look back at the situation and how it made us evolve. I mean, we, we had to change, right? So everyone was yeah. forced to be at home. And I think this brings a different type of dynamic to it. And I think you also have more discussions in terms of flexibility and you, you realize a little bit more people's lives and you see the impact of working from home and what does that do? And I feel like it's made people more flexible and more understanding. But I do see that you have this kind of gap between your teams that you work closely with. I feel like you've gotten closer with, mm -hmm. um, but the people that you don't know so much in the office or the new people that come into the office, I feel like you don't have as much of a, a chance to connect with them. And this is where I find it important that you still try to connect the teams in general to make sure everyone is getting to know each other. But I do see a little bit the disconnect of really getting to know people I don't work with on a day-to-day -day basis, but with my team that I work with quite a lot, We've really gotten to know each other over the last yeah, six months. And this has really improved our way of working as well. So there's definitely benefits and, and disadvantages, but you can see that it has changed us in general of how we work. And I think it's important that companies keep that for the future because we need to see what we've adapted and how we've adapted and how do we use that moving forward. 
Dirk, how, how, can, how can a supply chain leader that is busy trying to overcome the issues of digital transformation, business transformation, COVID, uh, and just in general challenges also keep the momentum on driving diversity? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it, the po key point for me is it's not a topic which is here sin since uh, a few months only. Uh, and also, let's say it was there before and it will be there after, depending on how you describe and after COVID. So I think from that point of view, it's part of the strategic agenda, at least my agenda and uh, also of the company. So um, therefore, there is also no, no reason why we should um, uh, stop, now, stop now working. And of course, we have uh, certain initiatives um, which have been running, as I said before, and they're currently running and they will continue to run uh, independent from the crisis. You have to, of course, watch out, um, but it is more a general challenge uh, in supply chain, especially in these crisis times, that you do not exclusively manage the short term. Mm. Um, that's, by the way, also why I'm taking the time for today, just as a good yeah. example, um, because you need to find the right balance, same as you do in your private life. Um, also, uh, let's say, looking at the different activities you have to perform and do. And uh, that applies, of course, to, uh, to diversity uh, in that sense, but also other strategic points when we look more at more core supply chain um, uh, challenges like footprint, uh, digitalization, people development in general. So here really, um, this, is, this is a leadership task for every one of us to really make sure that here we dedicate um, sufficient attention and time uh, so that things do not drop um, off, off the agenda. So, but again here, um, we never claim that we are perfect, but um, we are very clear internally that, uh, of course, our strategic uh, priorities, we drive through independent whether there is crisis or not. Yeah, that may change in terms of certain uh, momentum mm. you have, speed, timings, and an end, but not, uh, does not change the program at all. Yeah. Do you think that women uh, in supply chain are helping to drive the conversation of improving, say, transformation projects? Uh, because there's so many failures, right? So much failure rate in general in transformation. What's the role that women are playing in, in helping to deliver these projects? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think we've got Alison here as somebody who's actually a living example who's doing that within Henkel. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're, if you're talking here about the different skills, perhaps, that women bring to the table, uh, you know, I think there's certainly research around that that shows, again, we touched on this at the beginning, that, you know, bringing a diverse uh, set of skills be they you know gender driven or actually it's cognitive diversity as well it's mm -hmm. cultural diversity all those things that you need to bring to bear i think that's how companies will be looking at certainly at sort of transformation issues is bringing all these issues to the table uh, i think the whole issue of cognitive diversity is a fascinating one it's not actually gender specific either a lot of yeah. the research shows yeah. Um, but it is about, yeah, bringing together uh, a diverse set of skills, of experience. And, you know, the thing we hear again and again is that supply chain leaders want to build teams that reflect their customer base. You know, that is certainly something that's on the agenda for many. And, and, and that's changing a lot, isn't it? The customer bases, you know, are changing quite a lot. Alison, what's been your experience in, um, I guess, since you joined uh, Henkel and, uh, you know, where you see the company going with regards to the diversity program, the diversity conversation. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot in terms of diversity. So there's a lot of programs going ongoing within Henkel, specifically in, in where Dirk and I are working in the laundry so, supply chain. But 
also in general. So we see that this is a big topic for us. And I also see it in, in the boom um, network that the, it's a big topic for a lot of companies. So I can see it progressing in a good way. And I think it's also important that we're not only talking on gender diversity, we're talking about multiple aspects of diversity. And I think that's really important. Of course, gender diversity is as well, but there's so many different aspects when it comes to diversity. We need to make sure that we're looking at all of them. And I think Hinkle is doing a really good job of that. So I think we're on the way, we're not there yet, but we're on this journey. And I think we're on a good way with this journey. What, what practical advice, you know, what, let, let's talk practicalities now, you know, because I can see a lot of people probably listening to this nodding going, yes, I'm all over diversity. I love it. I think it's a great concept. Uh, Want to do more of it. I'm, you know, trying to do as much as I can. But uh, what practical advice can you give to supply chain leaders to help drive this conversation forward? I mean, other than call Beth uh, as well, you know, what, what else can we do? I think maybe from my side, there, there's two things that I see that has really helped me um, when I'm going through this, this journey and also helping with the diversity topic. It's one for the employees that if you have a passion about something, um, pick it up, try it. I mean, if you're really passionate about something, try to make a difference. Um, because you being the, the person that's passionate about it can bring so much um, effort behind and so much you know, motivation for others. It's really important that you, you drive forward mm -hmm. on your passion. But the second thing there is really for the, the employers and the leaders is that you should allow people to have that opportunity. So allow them to go on that journey and also allow them to fail if it's not going well. But I think just being open and giving them the opportunity to explore that is for me the most important. They just need to feel that they can explore what they want and then you can see it grow. Mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, Beth, I was just gonna say people should call you because to be honest, it feels as though they kind of should know what to do, but do you think companies do need some help and support in helping to drive this conversation? And what practical advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll start off by saying, you know, that I don't think anybody's written the book on this no. yet. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to um, address this issue and, you know, and uh, doing this at sort of various different stages of maturity. So everybody's learning from each other. And that's certainly what we want to do at Boom is to kind of connect all those conversations together so that we can, as I say, move that forward. Um, but I think what Alison um, spoke about there is critically important is that there's two parts to this. One is certainly sort of, let's call it the grassroots. Um, mm -hmm. kind of momentum uh, that can take place but equally important is uh, leadership uh, you know and we've got both sides of the the coin on this call today uh, where it's critical to have you know to have that conversation and leadership and culture and direction set from the top to create actually not just the culture but also the practical initiatives that need to to the systems the processes the policies all those things all need to come into play and you can't really have one without the other um, and so if you can have, uh, you know, a world where you do have those two coming together, then that's where we see today, you know, there's a lot of uh, success starting to happen because there's a, a will and a desire and a recognition um, and critically important. And this came out of our survey data that there are, you know, there are plenty of companies, I think our data showed, and it was similar to the Gartner uh, data that for us, it was 61% of companies have stated policies and targets and goals around diversity. Um, and, and, you know, and share those publicly, or at least within their organizations. Mm -hmm. Another group, 
have them sort of a general diversity policy like yeah we want to do that and and then there's a smaller group that i haven't got there yet um but what's critically important is the whole you know don't just talk the talk it's walk the walk as well so uh, you know and that's where we see a disparity again from this and a critical from an engagement perspective is that this isn't just a tick the box thing that yeah oh yeah we're a diverse employer this is the right thing to do but you actually then have to follow through Uh, because if you don't match that expectation then that's when you get disengagement disillusionment people will walk uh you know uh, and not just employees not just employees your customers as well in some instances yes yes and critical to you know attracting again this new generation coming in they're going to be asking these questions uh, because it's definitely, you know, one of the working for a company that has purpose that aligns with their values. That's more important than ever before. We're seeing that, yeah. you know, from the data and uh, anecdotally. Um, so, yeah, it's a challenge that companies must take on and must follow through on. Dirk, you know, what what advice would you give other, you know, key leaders in supply chain right now, other than taking the time, because we appreciate you being here to take the time to, to be here and demonstrate that this is a serious thing for your organization, uh, which, you know, that lends a great deal of weight and credibility to the conversation. But what practical advice would you give? Mm. Uh, let me extend a bit on what um, uh, Beth and Alison said on the leadership piece. So really, uh, how, how do I see my role um, as an enabler, I would say, to make it happen? And here, um, again, for me, you it's really helpful to cover two aspects to be at the end of the day authentic. One is the rationale, uh, let's say uh, the, the cognitive uh, reception, understanding that, uh, as, as said before, empirically uh, mm-hmm. diversity helps your business, which is good. I think that is fine. Yeah. But on top of that, it helps even more if, uh, let's say, the, on the emotional, personal side, of course, uh, um, you as a leader can convey um, a certain level of passion understanding uh, for this topic. So really you buy in the story. So I think at best, as you said it, it's, it's good to have a policy. Yeah? You, at the end of the day, the difference uh, comes uh, how you live it. And I think here, uh, that is for me then one <laughs> practical advice. Again, you cannot create this passion, either you have it or not, but maybe you, well, you can develop and shape it, uh, understand um, for sure, but I think that is very important. If that is not there in an organization, starting from the top, um, you will make progress, but probably don't get so far. And on top of that, um, some practical things like uh, we had the conversation, Alison said it earlier this week, um, with Ivanka also there uh, in the company. There are certain principles, for instance, when it comes to hirings, to promotions, um, that you, let's say, also in a, let's say, in a way force or, let's say, um, shape the organization to to follow certain principles at least for a, for a period of time in order to in order to raise um, let's say your your share in terms of diversity in the organization mm. um, to a, to a decent a decent level and uh, one last thing uh, in my leadership team since since years now we regularly look at our developments in the different management circles what do we do and you need to yeah continuously work on it it's also not just giving a nice speech um, let's mm-hmm. say it's also in a way, hard work, and you need focus. Otherwise, again, things will not happen from alone. Just writing yeah. a policy. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. One of the things that I like that yeah, I think it was Allison and Beth. You might have said it, which is um, we need to do better at highlighting stories of success of women and diverse groups in supply chain. 
do you think we do enough on a general basis? I'm not asking about Henkel specifically. I'm just saying in general, do you think we do enough to highlight those stories? Are they out there? Should we do more? Can we do more? I think we can always do more, right? We can yeah. always improve. But I think we are in a situation today where we are doing more than we have ever done in terms yeah. of highlighting this as an issue. And, you know, we are, I think, you know, at Boom, that's certainly one thing that we try and do is share these stories of inspirational leaders, but also, well, inspirational in whatever aspect, uh, whatever level you are in the organisation. So we're sharing those stories because we still hear stories of women who are perhaps, you know, the only the only female in their team, their department, sometimes even their site, they don't have leadership, uh, female leadership models, you know, so they're looking outside for those as well. So we're trying to tell those stories and we're not alone in doing that. And, yeah. you know, I think the more uh, that we can do that, the better we are blessed in many ways in our digital world of being able to yes. share information easily. Um, and certainly this year through, uh, you know, through this COVID uh, period, uh, I think we've seen more and more focus on this through events and you know um, media articles you know than ever and that is fantastic and long may that continue mm. so exposing the organization with success cases and the benefits yeah. but here of course i would always always say um of course let's say the, the benefits uh, the the good experience for the individual and now we're talking about gender diversity the female community as such but also let's not forget the other part of the organization so also here it is important to uh, let's say, try to underline and make clear that uh, uh, investing into this um, uh, this topic is good for the entire team, for the for the company, for the business. Um, as said before, work makes more fun, and and so I think trying to to strike here a balanced picture um, is um, is is important. Yeah, because identity you need the buy-in of uh, let's say almost everyone. Let's say for the team from the team in order to make progress. So that is sometimes my perception also not always fully covered. Yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of times we just sort of, you know, try to ram it down people's throat that you must have diversity and diversity targets and so forth. And I think we sometimes forget, A, the champions of people that are championing uh, diversity and are the ones that elevate, like like Dirk here, you know, coming to the conversation, having a chat with us, championing people like like Allison and working with someone like Beth is is very important. But equally, I think helping people understand why diversity adds value. Yeah, I mean, one of the hashtags that we use uh, in Boom is everyone wins, because I think that is yeah. the ultimate picture that actually, you know, this is creating an environment where everybody can thrive. And I think this moves the needle. You know, if you look at issues around maternity and paternity policy, you know, there's lots of movement to be had around, you know, making equality there for men and making it, you know, culturally acceptable for men to want to take fraternity leave and come back and not be stepped back in their careers. You know, there's all sorts of issues. Um, so it's a, it is a much bigger picture. Um, I would love it that actually, if there was a day when we didn't really have to have this as a conversation, anymore um yeah. that will hopefully happen one day uh, but yeah. for now you know it is right that we have this conversation um specifically about this issue but i think it needs to be in the context as that says that you know this isn't creating a, a positive discrimination agenda here mm -hmm. actually we need to focus on it because the balance isn't quite right yet things aren't quite right but ultimately it's about how can we make the whole much better i completely agree i completely agree i think if if you if you try to do something segmented just for one group of people, regardless of, of what it is, 
you're always going to alienate everyone else. So everyone needs to be in the conversation. So no matter what you're trying to drive, I think it's important to have everyone in the conversation because that's how you succeed. If you, if you just focus on one group in the end, you're not going to succeed because you've left everyone else out. And, and like you say, Dirk, you know, diverse thinking from is, is fun, you know, having people from diverse backgrounds, uh, problem solving people from you know different generations different backgrounds engineering backgrounds startup backgrounds uh you know really leads to companies thinking beyond the normal traditional old-fashioned uh type of thinking and as the world the pace of change is something that we've never seen before it's changing so fast you need all that kind of diverse thinking to help you navigate or or you know the complexity or build resilience into the businesses you know so I remember, I don't know about you, I remember going to a conference, supply chain conference about almost 20 years ago and being maybe one of two women in supply chain conferences, uh, all men, all middle-aged, all white. Uh, and now things are a different picture these days, aren't they? Uh, well, not that we can go to conferences these days, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, Alison, do you think that that in, you know, would have been off-putting for younger generations, you know, when they start to look at the kinds of teams they want to be part of, if this is not something that that is addressed? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a thing when you first get into it, it's definitely daunting, because you see, and, and I still sometimes reflect back on it when I am in a call, and I have nine people on the screen, and they're all men. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think back, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if this was the other way how they would feel. Um, but I've gotten used to it, you know, because it, it is kind of how I've, I've spent my career in the early parts where it was primarily men. And it's something that you, you, you adapt to. But now that I see that diversity is becoming such a, a, a force within the, the workplace, it's so much better. And I think now I would never want to go back to what it was like. And I think the more diverse we get, the better it gets for everyone. And I think now, exactly like you said, I've been to conferences before where I look around and I'm like, okay, I'm young and I'm a female. I don't feel like I fit in. But now exactly when you join things and when you join now webinars, you see it's so much more diverse and mm -hmm. it just makes it a better place to work. And I think no matter who you are, when you're looking into the workforce now, you say, that looks interesting because I see a lot of different people or I see someone that's like me and that makes it a funner place to work. I think, I think uh, having places like Boom, you know, which help people connect with each other and have stories, common stories, highlight the, uh, the success stories, but also, you know, just talk about what works, what doesn't work, you know, what, what advice you would give, I think is very, very valuable. And I think having leaders like Dirk championing this kind of thing also helps uh, you know, helps to, uh, to, to put this, uh, a light, shed a light on, uh, this conversation. And then Alison, the same thing with you, having so someone who is living it, a living example of what you're going through is, uh, uh, is something that can give inspiration to a lot of people. So I want to thank all of you because everyone does win when, uh, we all work together for something like this. So I appreciate it. I hope you're right that, you know, eventually we don't have to have webinars and meetings about diversity because it just is right. I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for being part of uh, Transform TV. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Pleasure.